Hello and welcome, folks, to another edition of RSF Radio. I am your host, Joe Monday, and I have a very special guest with me tonight. Uh, you might know him from his awesome designs from the 50x50.com. You might have seen him on HUD TV. I got Drew Face in the booth. What's happening, man? What's popping, baby? What's good? I'm glad to be here, man. It's been, you know, it's been a long time coming. I'm, I'm a big fan of the show, of the podcast, and uh, you always, you always, always have great content, and I love that sexy voice, baby. Oh, that's okay. Hey, from one sexy voice to another. I tip, I tip the hat, tip of the, tip of the fedora to you, sir. Uh, hey. Although I have never worn a fedora. That's a, being a Reddit mod, you would think that this man is from the reddit.com. Surely he has a fedora, uh, but no, not the case. Uh, the neck my, beard you do have though. Oh yeah. The beard, the beard has its own fedora actually. Uh, oh no. It, <laughs> Uh, no, we'll, we'll get into to beard talk maybe later because there's some game news that came out, but, uh, I, we, we don't talk about game news when I have guests on, which is <laughs> quickly becoming a week to week thing. Uh, what I like to do when I have new guests on, I let me know what you're doing, pitch what you've got going on because you actually have quite a bit going on. In fact, it's not just the, the couple things that I've mentioned. You're, you're moving and shaking. You're making deals. What's happening. Oh man. I mean, I, a lot of the, for people who don't know, like I'm from Toronto, Canada and everybody doesn't really pay attention much, much to Canada, but it's like a crime. In my opinion, there's, there's a good community up there, a really good community. Yo, you know how many Reddit highlights I see? And they're all, like, half of them are all Canadian people. Like, it's crazy. Like, we got a lot of talent up here. Uh, but we don't have the exposure. And a big reason why we don't have the exposure is, unfortunately, because Canada is so big and so sparse. Uh, it creates a lot of uh, tension between all the POs. So my buddy, uh, RXS, and my other buddy, Mufasa, or Rochan, or Roro, mm-hmm. we got together after, uh, after Canada Cup. And we said, hey, you know what? know let's let's kind of disrupt this whole like toxic environment around us let's let's make events for everybody where they have a good time they feel like they can play and like they feel like they're they're developing and they feel like that they can come and meet other people and socialize and uh we formed a group called incendium uh incendium means fire obviously not obviously it's like it's part of incendiary but it, it means fire and we really want to ignite the community and that's uh that's why we got together and we were, we were, you know, we got a bunch of weeklies going on in the major areas of Toronto. Uh, Cause Toronto is not really one city. It's actually seven or eight boroughs. Yeah. In, I got the breakdown area. of what Toronto was really like the last time that I was in Canada. Cause I've been there. I've been there a bunch. I love Toronto. It's a great city. Uh, hey. There's a lot to do there. Uh, oh, yeah. It's also kind of hard to get in and out of. Uh, absolutely dude it's a maze it's you you get trapped baby <laughs> yeah because there's there's nowhere to go to the south that's the water you can't go yep. that direction so it's it's fanned out to the to the north the the east and the west and so it's it's kind of got its own specific regions it's like seven or so regions around toronto and the greater toronto area um yeah but from what you've got going on, you're really bringing. Are you are you bringing them all together, or are you pitting scene against scene? So what we're doing is uh, we understand that 
uh, you know, it's it's tough to travel in Toronto. It takes like maybe two hours to get to the actual city of Toronto from where, like, especially during traffic, from where a lot of people yeah. are that do play Street Fighter. Because people in Toronto that play from Street Fighter, they're from the east end, they're from the west end, they're from the north. And so, well, what Incendium is doing is that we're putting an event in each major region. And what that, what we're trying to do is we're trying to create a beacon for all the players there to say, hey, you want to like socialize with people, you want to have a place to play fighting games, come here. And then we put a major event in every other day. And what we are doing is we're doing it biweekly because one, like, I, I, I work like three or four jobs besides running the business. Right. And so does Vince. And so we're doing it biweekly, not just because of our personal lives, but we're doing it because what we do is once we develop like a relationship with like this region, and we say, hey, guys, why don't you come here? It's only like maybe like uh, 30, 40, 50 minutes away. Then they'll go to the other region. And together, we're, we're, we're going to mix and match all these mm-hmm. communities together. And then we're going to have like one big united community, ideally, ideally. But we're trying out here. And uh, yeah, we're ruffling a bit of feathers. And that's all right. Like that's uh, We're here to disrupt the status quo. I'm for it. I'm for it. Because it's, uh, you're, you're creating a web of basically like a web of locals or events in just in your region, making that community tighter. Uh, I'm for it. And I want to see what comes of it in the next, I don't know, year, year and a half. It's one of those things where these are the kind of efforts that when I say into this microphone, I've said it a number of times that efforts put into a local level, like, it, that that is where the FGC exists. It's not in the oh man, we didn't. Our game isn't at the biggest fighting game event of the year, so our scene is dead. No, no, no. There's so many levels underneath of it that require uh, the efforts of people like yourself, Mufasa, all those people that you named. Uh, mm-hmm. That it, it takes that extra effort to really. Now that's the FGC to me. That's not that's not some subset of of what the fighting game community is like that's that's it that's the soil in my opinion yeah, yeah the, the foundation of every community cuz i'm in multiple communities i'm not just in the fighting game community i'm in the streetwear community i'm in the cosplay community for uh in 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 canada and one of the things is is that the foundation has always been you know how is the local event doing like is it doing well mm-hmm. is it drawing like 30, 40, 50 people. And one of the problems I found in like that are across all genres, not just like fighting games, but yeah, uh, like East, like other esports. I, I'm, I'm saying, I'm like, where are these local events? How can a big event draw 400 people, but not develop a single talent, not develop the passion play? Like, that's why, that's why there's these top players everywhere in America, especially mm-hmm. on the East and the West, right? Like, the East and West are very, uh, they're very heavy with their players because they promote their talent. They they have a local that's very strong, has a reputable, uh, run by prominent members within the community, yeah, already and, and established that, members of the community. Let's say, yeah, and that that's where the foundation is. So mm-hmm. Vince and I realized that yo, we gotta make sure that the found the base is great. And then we can start building upwards and hopefully yeah. we build up towards to event like combo breaker to event like CO to event like Canada cup. 
uh and yeah that's that's it really does start at the local and even like efforts online like just getting people together like that's a community man that that that's something that that people really need to focus on it's like it starts there you start going out to your local you never know uh how you would affect the other person it could be positive it could be negative but you do affect the other person you sitting down and playing with them and interacting with them can change their impression of the community and of the game that you're playing mm-hmm. oh yeah definitely that ooh, man that huh. over the last three years that has been i think maybe the bane of the of the community itself but in other in other ways uh it's it's shown some really shining stars like games that you wouldn't have ever heard of get promoted in specific regions that i think are very special uh sailor moon s for example uh, <laughs> yes that's huge in Toronto. He, it's, like, it's like it's like sixteen people always come out, and I'm saying I'm like, where the fuck are you guys from? Yeah, Why that's the like, fuck do you guys only play Sailor Moon. That's that's just like hilarious to me. But at the same time, I, I, like you're not the only community that has its own like pocket of oh, that's where you go to get that. Like I think of the Vancouver scene when I think of fighting Ex Layer because like. Oh. They've got They're huge. There. Yeah, that's like they've it's got like, Geki out there being like, hey, uh, you guys, let's continue to play this game. And they fucking love it out there. But oh. if they weren't doing that, though, if someone didn't take that, uh, take that steering wheel and just say, this is where we're going, we're going to promote this is that they're promoting it too. That's, that's also, mm, that's like a part of it that I feel like is so important that even on a local level, you don't really see a lot of, or you don't have, you don't see a lot of people have access to the tools to promote their own, uh, community, but like the hustle is there. You just got to hustle. You're one of the hustlers, Drew, I think. (laughs) Well, I mean, like I've, I've heard that a lot and you're right. Hustling is a big aspect of it. Like I said, these locals, they're a beacon. They're a beacon to show people. They're like a lighthouse and you're, and the players are like, sailors trapped at sea and they're mm-hmm. trying to fucking play fighting games and you gotta be the beacon and sometimes you're you gotta like you gotta go out you gotta reach out you gotta talk to like everybody you gotta dm them you gotta slide to like you gotta slide in all these influencers dms you gotta be like hey you know i'm not really here to hit on you i'm actually here to like promote my community i'm here to promote my clothing brand i'm here to develop a relationship with you because i th- i respect what you do etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. and you you and sometimes you gotta hope that they respond back to you right and yeah. uh, and 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 that they feel like you're not trying to be a f- fake person or like you're just or you're not self-centered like and then when it works out it works out and it, it doesn't work just for you and sometimes a lot of people forget no one gets paid to do this oh like, the hell yeah that that is like yeah no one gets paid to do rarity this. <laughs> it, it, but it serves a higher purpose it serves a yeah. and that purpose is if you truly love fighting games mm-hmm. you would throw away like you would throw away your your self-centered ego to help keep your game alive and that's why I'm, games like I'm smash melee is alive right and like that's why yeah. sailor moon's a game because like there's a guy named missing person in toronto and he hustled hard he's he awesome. hustled real hard right he hustled real hard to grow his community uh and you know like i everybody's make everybody made fun of him at first they're like why would you play sailor moon right and all of a sudden he's like out drawing like the local scene in toronto for like for that day, which is Sailor Moon. That that's 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 what you have to do as a as a person. Like he wants to be the best at Sailor Moon, but sometimes you can't do the you can't be the best. But sometimes you serve a higher purpose. 
sometimes you grow something that's bigger than you and that's that's what a lot of people don't understand like you're complaining about why your game's not evil or your game's not getting the recognition then maybe you should put down the controller and realize and help other people pick up the controller and then one day yeah. when it gets big enough then you can come back and you know play the game because you can always come back and play the game i i once had someone ask me uh how is it that you have the the energy to continue and continue to do these things because he saw all the other moderators fall out he saw a lot of people lose interest in his own community he's like well how do you keep coming back like do you even like cocaine this game? at the time i'm like well I'm like not I don't know. I Street Fighter Five is not my favorite fighting game, not by a fucking no. long shot. But not by no, definitely not. <laughs> like, uh, but I tell you that I support it though because the majority of the people that are that are in my area, which is like the our Street Fighter, they enjoy Street Fighter Five. So yeah. I'm going to promote that obviously and be as much of it as I can. But he was like, so I'm I'm like sick of playing it. Like, what what do I do? And I told him, well, dig in like help other people come take another role you don't have to be a player you could be a promoter you could uh teach other people how to play other games that you like uh you could bring other games to a venue or like run your own smaller brackets like there's so many like little things little extra things that if you if you pour out a little bit more of yourself then that really i don't know it's it's that little extra effort that will get you more involved in the community and also bring more people in. And that is, uh, to me, that's, I don't know. That's, that feels important. <laughs> that feels important to me but in some you, way. You and I go way back because we both, uh, we both love street fighter four. Like yeah. we love street fighter four. It's but a very good game. Very good game. But look, we turn into community leaders because we don't like five, but we've met so many great people from from playing five from being associated with right yeah and you can't like that guy like there's a guy named brutus in my community if if i shout on street fighter five and then that child called brutus yes that that child called (laughs) brutus my little white boy yeah (laughs) but yeah man like if if we didn't put out these events if we didn't encourage him to keep playing we didn't encourage Mm -hmm. everybody around us to keep playing it's like then he wouldn't be where he is now. And he's a fantastic player. He's a high level Zangief yeah. player. He's real solid. And I honestly, I look up to him as a Zangief player. I look well, yeah. at what he does and I'm like, damn, that's some, that's some hot shit. Yeah. And he's like, like bouncing ideas off of each other. It's good stuff. Yeah. He's like only like 12 years old or something. Like, and he's like, and without, without <laughs> providing that space for him, without providing that comfort for him, that support system for him. Cause sometimes like without putting the baby gate at the top of the stairs, you would have never had, <laughs> Yeah, he would never have been the awesome twelve-year-old Zangi player just just degening it up and just SBDing people. Like, uh, what a I, great guy! I, I make fun. he he's act. Uh, I I rag on him t- t- too much. Almost <laughs> like, every opportunity I get, he doesn't he doesn't deserve it. He's a he's a good he's a good dude. Oh, he's awesome, <laughs> actually. So here's a one one of the initiatives. So Toronto's like. Toronto's very to themselves as a community. And the reason is, is because we have a lot of community efforts. For example, there's a, there's a venue called Toronto HQ. They used to throw out cookouts every year, mm. every year, uh, summer cookout. And it, it would be like the biggest thing in the Toronto FGC. People would be getting drunk. People would be getting like free fried chicken, spaghetti and all that. Like, it's crazy. It was like a legit cookout. 
And it was a community effort. And, and what that did was it, it made everybody come together and just hang out, get drunk and play Street Fighter. And uh, we do this like really degenerate thing. We bet on like, we set eight, pl- eight players to Smash Bros. We put them all on CPUs and we bet on the number, <laughs> on, the, on the computer number. And, we, and that's that's the community thing, right? That's something we do together. And uh, and and it's it's stuff like that. that random really, select? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody, it's random select. Level eight. And we bet on the number, dude. It's crazy. No, and I'm for it. And then do you do the thing where I don't know if the way that you bet, but however many bets you put down, however much you wager, you get to send drinks towards however many you won. Well, the thing is, the guy who wins, they they always double up or they go get food for people or they try to uh-huh. or, you know, or the next time they run an event, they, they bring something like maybe like a pot, a pot of like uh, fried rice or a more cracking, more more alcohol, more Jägermeisters. It's like, word. It's something. It, it's stuff like that. Uh, and I feel like I actually like the taste of Jäger. People hate it, but <laughs> no, I actually no. fucking love it. Dude, I, I bet good. you pair it with Red Bull all the time. Dude, <laughs> here's like my. This is one. Of, so I'm gonna say this into your microphone. Uh, this is one of my. Uh, no, I don't want to say it's a guilty pleasure because I just think that we should all just have pleasures and own our pleasures. I'm yes. going to own my pleasure. There's no guilty pleasures. <laughs> just I pleasures. love Carly Rae Jepsen, baby. I love Carly yeah, Rae Jepsen. she got... Yo, people rag on that album, and that that's a fucking good pop record. Emotion is the best pop record ah. of probably the last 10 years. In the last decade, probably. Probably. Right, so fuck everybody else. Carly Rae Jepsen is not a guilty pleasure. It's top five. I'm for it. I'm I'm Absolutely. with you on that. Uh, yeah, but no that's another anyway. that's another pleasure for another time. Uh, <laughs> Red Bull and vodka is a thing that I genuinely like the taste of. That's dope, dude. That, I, I don't. It it feels it, that is like so like against. I, I I look at it and I go, this is against my character. And then I drink it and I go, mm, <laughs> this is in my character. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my body, which yeah. means it's in my character, baby. For it. No, so here, here's what I I have another guilty pleasure. I okay. love Mountain Dew. I love Mountain Dew. I'm hella esports when it comes to Mountain Dew. <laughs> I love fucking Mountain Dew. But you know what I love more? Apex I love Mountain Dew and vodka. Mm, okay. And you know what? And then I get a little lime. I I like dip it into the vodka, and uh, and Mountain Dew mix. And I'm like, what a great cocktail. But I'm not. I'm never gonna admit that. Outside of this podcast, <laughs> you'll no, never see fine. me publicly doing this. That's fine. No, you do that in your in your gamer time when you strap into the gamer chair. Oh yeah, I get drunk and I'm ready to like I'm ready to play some Street Fighter. I'm ready to play Nerf 3U again. Oh dang, man, <laughs> they really ought to buffer you, don't they? Uh, uh, I, I, he's pretty good this season. Can't complain. Yeah, he's but. in an he's in an okay space. He can do. He can do interesting things. I just wish he could he could do better things. I wish his crouching medium kick was better. But that's another conversation because I still want it. There's other stuff that you're into that I have to <laughs> I have to turn I have to turn it back to the stuff that you've got going on uh, because we haven't really even talked about the fifty x fifty dot com and what All that right. even is. So fifty fifty was uh it was a streetwear brand that I started in 2016 because I had a lot like. I stopped playing Street Fighter Five. I was very discontent with it, but uh, there's a there's a little space for me to like. I really love fighting games. I really love Street Fighter. I really love 
everything like that. And I realized that the merch around me was uh was ass. A lot of merch around me was ass. His broken tear was gone. It was yeah. like 2016, I think. Like I don't know, like some guy printing out Gildan T-shirts was like the the thing in in FGC at the time, and I was yeah. like. I'm like, I, I sat there. I'm like, hey, I'm a senior graph designer at a big marketing company. Why don't I just make my own clothing line? Because I can probably do a better job. And I know like how to like, because I'm a streetwear nerd. I'm a right. like absolute supreme dork. Like my underwear says supreme. And I was like, I probably mm-hmm. know a little more than this guy printing on Gildan t-shirts. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't even know what brand I'm referencing. Like, I was pretty sure it was like, they're gone now. And Broken Tear Any was gone. of them, honestly, because there was a bunch back in the day. Yeah, there was a bunch. I, and Broken Tear was the best one, but like Kugi mm-hmm. kind of like, he's just like faded into like space and he was like, I'm out of here, baby. And well, he, he started faded. like doing design works for, for other things, but you know, yeah. jobs getting in the way of doing other stuff. He's still around though. Well, he's still around. He's at 10 old man. That, and that that's another thing, another topic. There's a lot. We're jumping around all the place. My bad. But yeah, so I started this clothing line and uh, at first I didn't know if it was going to be great or good at all but then people were starting to buy everything like i think when i first brought it to like this local event called the red bull proving grounds in toronto i think it was called fight for the six uh mm-hmm. i bought my clothing there and shouts to the gap for like let me have like a spot to sell stuff at uh everybody ate it up i sold out of i had like a thousand and two hundred dollars in my pocket just in cash and i was the most paranoid guy ever because like i'm in the heart of toronto just walking <laughs> around with like thousand dollars and 200 bucks in cash and just like my pocket of a knife crime coming up yeah. like it looked like i had a boner in my pants but it was a fucking <laughs> wad of cash it was ridiculous dude like what was <laughs> so i was like shit like maybe i should keep going with this and then like it kept going and going and like i talked to people that i really vibed with like you were one of them i i, I like like i said i, I slid everybody's dm Everybody DM. You probably see me in 2016 sliding all your DMs. And I wasn't saying, oh, hey, baby, you look so great. I was saying, hey, I have a clothing line. Uh, I think you'll like it because you kind of fit the brand image I have in my head. You're blah, casting, blah, blah. The net. <laughs> casting the net. Yeah, and I, I did it, man. I think I hit like 300 people, 200, 300 people. And then like maybe five of them came back to me and you were one of them. So that was dope. But <laughs> but yeah, that was that was exactly what happened in the... Yeah, and it kind of it, it is where it is now. Uh, I took kind of like a really long break because I was under a really nasty NDA. I couldn't make any clothing designs in Canada. So you saw me sell one line mm-hmm. in uh, in Combo Breaker because that literally was like the loophole. Like I could sell in America, and I went to Combo Breaker out of mad respect for Rick because Rick Rick hit me Rick hit me up and he was like, "Yo, this shit is dope." I was it's like. Really and I was like, thanks, man. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll send you stuff. And I just, Rick's the homie. I'm sending him whatever he tells me. He's like, Andrew, I, I would like this. I'm, I would probably reprint it just for the dude. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, he hit me up. And he was like, yo, like, uh, I would love to see you at Comic Breaker, or whatever, whatever. And then I, luckily it worked out. I could sell in America for like this past year. Uh, and, and I, I kind of needed the year off just because like, I, like, I was trying to pivot. I was trying to do just more than fighting game stuff. Cause I do have like an expertise in, in like sourcing fabrics and actually mm-hmm. stitching and all that. And, uh, the, the upcoming release that I'm planning for April is actually cut and sole stuff. So we're talking about like jackets, uh, hoodies that are, that aren't blank, uh, 
uh, button ups and rugby polos, and that's that's kind of what what's happening. But yeah, this, it's been a it's been a while, right? It's a it's one of my passion projects because I love fashion, and I love video games, and I love anime. I love all that geeky stuff, and I managed to like mash it all together to make something kind of fashionable. And each design I do, when I think about it, I, I think about it not from just the everything's kind of subtle, so it's not just like you see it and you're like, oh, that's that's so geeky. I can't wear that in public. It's something that right. it will look great in public if you don't even know what the subject matter is. But if you did know it, then it's kind of like a little secret. Like you knew that that guy knew what you were talking about because you might have a shirt that says Demon Armageddon. Yeah. But oh, man. Did I tell you that story? <laughs> oh, no, no. I, you got to tell me the story, bro. What was, <laughs> what's good, baby? Tell me the story, bro. Uh, Man, so... uh. <laughs> I was walking into a Lowe's and walking into the Lowe's, I was wearing the demon Armageddon shirt and this woman, uh, who I believe was native Japanese or at least could speak Japanese. Uh, she looked at me and my wife walking in and she like yelled at me and pointed with finger, your shirt, your shirt. It says 50, 50. <laughs> I'm That's like, awesome. yeah, it does. And then, like, as we walk away, and I know she's looking at the back of it, I'm like, I wonder what she's thinking now. Cause she was like this sweet little lady. And then I'm like, I know what the back of the shirt says. So, <laughs> <laughs> so she must have a different opinion right now. <laughs> she's like, it's a demon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's All right. Freaking out. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. Like I was, it was like, oh yes, that's so adorable. But also, <laughs> I feel so bad. I feel so bad for you. Actually, that reminds me. Like I'm, if if no one knows what I look like, I'm heavily tatted. I'm like so tatted that I probably wouldn't find any normal employment in America. If so, you were to be a teacher, you would have to wear turtlenecks every day. I think. Yeah, I would look like a drug dealer. If I wore a turtleneck every day. That's how tatted <laughs> I am. Like, <laughs> but the reason why I bring that up is because. Uh, it that little Japanese woman that you talked about reminds me of my mom. And when I first got my tattoo, my mom like cried because she was like, "You're a gangster now." <laughs> you know, she's a sweet old Asian lady. And in Asia, tattoos are still heavily associated with like gangs there, like mm -hmm. still is to this day. And she's that 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 story just reminded me of like my mom. He's <laughs> like, "My good little boy, what happened to him?" <laughs> He, he's in the mafia now. He's in the Toronto mafia, the Toronto Yakuza. The Toronto Yakuza. Oh no! Actually, uh, a street monster called me a Yakuza hipster when I I think it was like for Yukon Six, <laughs> and like they panned the camera to me. I have so many. That's a good burn, honestly. That's a good burn. And they're like, "Oh my God, it's a Yakuza hipster!" And then when I signed off the stream, like the chat was saying, "Please don't kill us." <laughs> I'm like no. I'm, I'm nice. I yeah, swear. No, that, that burn is totally on brand. You guys got it right. Uh, <laughs> no, but the, the clothing that you have planned though for the fifty-fifty is is maybe not. You're you're maybe even like spinning off from fighting games, or at least fighting game adjacent. Um, maybe more towards like the uh, like the naked and famous kind of style. And when I say naked and famous into this microphone, for people who don't know, that's like some raw denim shit. 
Oh yeah, that's a real raw denim shit. If you Canadian, that's like your favorite raw denim company because you better not love anything else. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't realize that joking. there was like territorial raw denim beefs going on. <laughs> oh no, there's no beef. They, those guys are awesome. <laughs> okay. I actually stole. Here's a crazy story about Naked and Famous. Uh, the guy who manages the social media and picks the because the, they do a lot of collabs and uh, mm-hmm. they're famous for their street park collab in our community, by the way. Fantastic brand of jeans. Uh, the guy that I didn't know this, but I had I was playing Street Fighter with my like Cambodian friends, right? And one of my Cambodian friends like bought got Bazaar over, and Bazaar was like, oh, I play Street Fighter too. I was like, Who is this guy? He's wearing like nice jeans, he's like a little like quirky dude. Like two years later, my friend was like, Yeah, this is my friend, like Bazaar. He works at Naked and Famous, he's actually like the, the co founder. <laughs> I'm like, Holy fuck, <laughs> anyway, that's. That's a that's another like that's sorry for going off tangent, but yeah, that's naked and famous is uh is a, definitely a big inspiration. <laughs> yeah, guy that's just like in the community being like, oh yeah, no, like accurate. He does love Street Fighter, so like that whole that whole line tracks. Uh, oh yeah, good good inseams on those on those denim. Uh, but anyway, what else you got going on? So we've talked about in Incendium, we've talked about the fifty fifty. Uh, we could maybe talk about because we brought it up at the beginning, but HUD TV uh, and what they've got going on there. If people don't know what that is, is that is that like strictly Canadian? What is that? So uh, I only HUD know TV. about it through the internet. That's that's where <laughs> I see it. So HUD is a uh, there's a company called Northern Arena in uh, in Canada, and they're kind of like the they're kind of like the industry leader for esports and they have a major corporation backing it uh and they started a tv show this tv show in canada is called heads up daily uh or hud now hud hud tries it is the first esports program that is strictly focused on esports they talk about competitive video games Mm -hmm. across every genre every genre like league dota uh rainbow six Anything. If, if it's an actual esport, uh, Rocket League, like if it's an actual esport, they talk about it. And uh, if there's a community for it, they got it. Yeah. And in Canada, one of the, the biggest community actually in esports uh, in Canada is actually fighting games. We outdraw every other esports by number. Uh, if you look at Canada Cup, we 2,000, 3,000 people that playing street for, for like fighting games, it's like, it's very uh it's very FTC friendly for an esports company, which is surprising. But Carl's the man. Yeah. Uh that staff there loves and respects the FGC. Yeah, they and give a lot I'm of on... FaceTime to to the fighting game community, which I think is unique to it's it's not that it's just like here's our typical esports and then every once in a while go and also this is what's going on around like Evo, right? Instead, it's like, what's going on right now? Because there's announcements now for fighting games. So what what are they? What's going on? They actually yeah. like give it a platform at, like every time, which is awesome. Yeah, and they're everything they do. They're uh, a lot of the people they hire are actually within the community because they they feel like the that's how you get an authentic response. Right, you get someone that they trust or someone familiar. Uh, to be on the show and talk about their esport and not have somebody read off a script and et cetera, et cetera. And it's, 
it's got like a lot of nominate uh, not not a lot of nominations but it's got a few like prestigious nominations for being like the first esports centered uh show and now there uh there's some big plans coming up and in the month of march and i can kind of tease it but you're gonna see hud on not just an obscure youtube channel or an obscure tv channel in canada you're gonna see a little more globally and i'm quite excited to uh to be part of that (laughs) can't see this but i'm scratching my beard that's uh that's interesting yeah good for you guys because it's a good group of people out there and i'm happy for you guys that's awesome you and that whole team thank you thank you thank you i know they work like actually the entire producer team they love the fgc because uh a lot you know a lot of esports people are very they're very stiff they're very uh very well trained in pr and they don't get to show their personality Mm-hmm. But the FGC's FGC has one of the most vibrant company uh, communities to a fault, one might say. Yeah. To a fault, one might say. Shout out to Tweety. <laughs> to a fault, mm, but fuck. Uh, <laughs> fuck, yeah, I know, right? This isn't a but, Mortal Kombat podcast, but if it was, <laughs> if it was, ooh, hot takes for days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got we got a lot of great personalities uh, overall. To to. To end that point on a positive note. <laughs> Good. No, yeah, that's that is accurate, and I I would recommend anyone watch that show, um, uh, and look out for whatever is is coming up on the horizon. Uh, but speaking about what is coming up, before I actually before I spin off, uh, anything else that you wanna that you wanna pitch while anything you got working on now, anything in the works that we haven't talked about yet or hit upon. Uh, there's an event in Toronto that Incendium is part of. It's actually the Smash community and the rest of the fighting game community working together to to really show that the FGC is big and united. It's called Get On My Level. Mm-hmm. And uh, the main feature events are not just Smash, Melee, and Smash 4. It's also Dragon Ball, Tekken, and Street Fighter Five. And uh, if you guys don't know one of the best things about this uh this place is that it's a 24-hour venue that's within one the iconic venues in canada it's at the exhibition center which is if you're canadian it's literally uh the the fair the the yearly fair that people go to every year and we're there we're there 24 7 in this awesome ventilated venue you're not going to get the light shut down on you you're not <laughs> the project, there's all the Dragon Ball is not gonna get we paid we paid yeah. yeah fuck dude don't want to go on that one but yeah like we got the license for Dragon Ball so Dragon Ball is not gonna get mysteriously pulled away uh, we did we we made sure that every step was taken to to make sure you guys have a great time so guys sign up the Smash GG slash Gumball 2019 uh, you can save like oh, it's sixty dollars Canadian right now. You can before it goes up to seventy, you can save ten, pay sixty, which is like four dollars American. So come on up, dudes! It's awesome. That's like <laughs> mid-May. Am I correct in thinking that? Yeah, uh, it is May seventeenth to nineteenth. Right, you are right. in the heart of Toronto, and as soon as you like step out of that venue, you can literally go to all the hot spots in Toronto, every iconic other venue in toronto that's how that's how centered this venue is it's awesome i'm for it 
because Toronto's awesome. That's like just a fun city. Like, there's a whole lot to do there. I've never not had a bad time in Toronto. I don't know if I've said this on this podcast before, but the first time that Leah and I went to Toronto together, mm-hmm. and we were just walking down the street. I think we were around, uh, we were walking, we were probably close to the Eaton Center. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, That's our Times Square, by the way. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's, it's big enough. Uh, I get it. Uh, we were walking somewhere close to there. I can't remember which direction or even what street because we were probably walking to somewhere. Uh, and a car pulled off of the road, like onto the sidewalk. In my mind, he like pulled off on the sidewalk, like right in front of us. It was like an emergency situation. Hopped out of his car. He like beams meanly like right in the eyes. He's like, he's coming for us. And he's like, hey, you too. And we're like, whoa, it's just two people walking down the street. Like, what the fuck? This guy just like, is he going to steal us away? What's happening? You, you guys like baseball? You want these Jays tickets? I, I have to get rid of them. Go to the airport right now. You have to take these Jays tickets. I'm like, we're like all right, like, we'll go watch the Jays game. Like, this guy had to like stop us in a like I'm gonna throw you in my car and abduct you guys way to be like oh no I have to I have to be nice to you welcome to Canada yeah. <laughs> but I'm like whoa all right man uh, it was Buck Wild uh, that, and then we went to the stadium and that's a nice that's a really nice stadium <laughs> <laughs> see that it doesn't happen that often but it did something like that happened to me too really recently too i was uh and that it goes to show canada's a imagine obama i'm quoting that dude he's awesome he goes he said canada is an optimized america <laughs> they do their um, optimal combos up there yeah we we still drop combos that we're still famous <laughs> for that but sometimes Shouts to Doug Ford. You always dropping combos. Oh anyway. man, that was a <laughs> fucking trip, man. <laughs> that was like literally Mary Quimby in real life. That's awesome. I thought that was like the peak of ridiculous, like politic news until 2016. But this is not a politics podcast, folks. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, we just have we just can talk about anything. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, but go ahead. You're saying something. Ha- something happened to you. So recently, uh, I'm walking into the subway station, and I'm about to pay for, like, the subway fare. This person literally walks up to me. She's, like, frantically, like, panicking. She's like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm like, hey, what's wrong? She's like, she looks at me. She's like, all right, I spent, like, $12 for the this, this day pass, and I only needed it for one stop because I thought I was going to, like, be in Toronto for longer. But I'm not. I'm done what I have to do. I'm like, well can't you just give it to somebody else? And she's like, would you take it? I'm like, sick, I'll take it. And I just <laughs> traveled literally across Toronto for like 12 hours. Rode for free that, that day. For free. And it was, it's just shit like that happens in Canada. <laughs> like uh, y'all like one nice. time this person dropped $60 in front of me. I was like, hey, you lost your $60, dude. And he turned around and he's like, don't worry about it. And he like walked away. And then I what? had free, Yeah, I had That story $60. doesn't even sound real. What? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I was at a gas station about I'm pulling up to my like. So here's the fucked up part. I heard so Katana Prime has told me like I've heard a lot of my American friends. They've told me that uh, when you go 
to a gas station, you pay first in America and then you fill up. Right? Like, like if you hear, have, hear if you are paying with cash or if you're going inside first, you pay you pay there. Otherwise, you can just pay at the pump. Yeah, but the, here's the thing: in Canada, you don't have to pay at all. Like you can like you can just fill up your gas first, and then you can pay. Like you don't have to pay at all before filling up. You can literally just fill up and then pay. That's how like that's how trusting Canada is right now. <laughs> Man, now I'm thinking about a time that I went to a Canadian gas station and went, yeah, I'll get 40 on one. And then she must have been very confused. Now, like looking back, huh? Yeah, because huh. <laughs> the thing is, they, you usually go in, like you usually go in and say, oh, yeah, my, my pump's number one. And then they'll be like, oh, you paid $40. Like, I mean, oh, you, you pumped $40 worth of gas. Please, please, uh, please pay us $40. Whereas wow. I, I heard in America, you have to pay first or else yeah. you can't get your gas. <laughs> yeah. There's like a sign that specifically is like, don't you fucking drive off. We will find you and arrest you and you will go to jail. You will go yeah, to prison. No. Yeah. Like in, in Canada, it's like, eh, we'll find you. But eh, just, you know, you don't, you're not going to ruin it for the rest of these guys. Everybody else is following the law. <laughs> All right. Well, and, mm. <laughs> I Sorry. Spin it off. No, because you're saying that, and I could spin it off to one more gas station story, but I will save that for another. That is, that'll be for, for later, because we got to talk about fighting game stuff, because there's fighting game news. <laughs> there's a In lot fact, of fighting game news. There was a lot. Uh, the one thing that I want to, I guess we should touch on first, because it's the most uh, prescient. People are wanting to talk about this right now, but Evo 2019, the <laughs> official lineup is out there. Uh, oh. they've got, well, should we name the games first? Let's, uh, let's go through it. If you hadn't heard already from the wizard himself, uh, McRibs, McRibs, <laughs> the, the, Mc, the McRib wizard, uh, Unist, yes. Smash 4 Ultimate, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, BlazBoo Cross Tag Battle, Tekken Ooh. 7, Street Fighter 5, Soul Calibur 6, Mortal Kombat 11, and Samurai Showdown. Damn. That's Damn, a very... Uh, that's Two unreleased uh, games on that list. Not only that, it's... Uh, this, this is the most variety Evo's had in a yeah. long time for their main roster. Like, there's a lot of variety there. Yeah. I was that's, actually... Uh, when I saw this list, I actually wasn't very surprised. Like, I, I didn't do a, a guest list, but... This wouldn't have been too far off, I don't think. I think this is pretty much accurate to what I was thinking it was going to be. The one thing that... I mean, there's two things absent from this list that I think are worth talking about. Melee, for example. Not on this list. Um, yeah. A lot and, of people are mad about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, like a whole big fucking community. Uh, and Guilty Gear, which much smaller community. <laughs> but... I don't know. Guilty Gear will be there. Melee. But if Guilty Gear will be at this venue somewhere, I guarantee it. But if Mr. Wizard does catch you with a GameCube, uh, you will be shot on sight, unfortunately. That is. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, that's. He, he is taking. Th that was a little. That was too far. <laughs> he won't do He's that. Not, He'll. Uh, <laughs> you will no, be shot. No, you're just saying that venue. to protect yourself. You're saying that for, to protect yourself. <laughs> I got you, Joe. Yeah, Mr. Wizard will motherfucking shoot you for some McRibs, too. <laughs> so. I got you, uh, Joe. 
nah, that's fine. But like, <laughs> it is, it is. I don't know. In some ways, I and mean, this isn't a, a Smash Brothers podcast, but I get it. I get this this move because, I mean, you don't have to you don't have to have CRTs at the event anymore. Uh, that's not on you as the event organizer. You don't. You could just say this is the Smash that we play here. Officially, that's not to yeah. say there won't be unofficial tournaments at Evo. There, like I almost guarantee you that there will be. Like I know that there's going to be a Street Fighter Four tournament. I saw Francie post about it today. Like, hey. like she ran it last year, and she's like, "Hey, any interest?" And people are like, "Fucking yeah, of course!" Like run that shit again. <laughs> uh, like Guilty Gear will be here. It'll be at the the Anime Illuminati Suite, right? It it'll be yeah. there. Uh, but anything on this list that uh, surprising to you or anything here that is out of the ordinary? Well, I have two points. My first point is Eunice is the biggest surprise to me. Hmm. Uh, I didn't expect Eunice to be there. And the reason why I didn't expect it to be there was, uh, frankly, due to Guilty Gear having solid numbers and Eunice, while still being an amazingly solid like community and steadily growing, I, I just didn't think it was going to get any main event time because, you know, Evil, Evil generally likes to showcase uh, newer games. It's uh, People have to understand, and this is like my second point, Evil is, has grown to become a platform for game developers to showcase their new game and what better place to do it than at literally the most competitive fighting game event ever. Yeah. And that's evil. You'll walk so the I, floor and see a half dozen unreleased games. Not yeah. uncommon. Not uncommon at all. Not uncommon. And I, I feel like the Eunice choice was a little, it kind of shows that evil still does care about growing the FGC. And having Eunice there will give it a lot of more momentum that it's having right now. Because Eunice, have, in the last year, in 2018, they had a solid 2018. It's mm-hmm. It's been steadily growing. But with Evil being there, it, it shows that it can be a big player and that it's going to have those main roster numbers. Yeah. Uh, that being said, that's also the reason why I bet. Like, I bet. not. This is not... I'm not... I don't work for fucking Evil. I'm not Mr wizard or mark man even though i look like mark man i'm not like i'm not i'm not i don't i don't work for evil but i can you can kind of see that they didn't include melee because melee is uh has has grown to be extremely self-sufficient it has an amazing community of uh dedicated players and it's large it's a large large event a large community and it has multiple events 12 like 12 16 majors for it by itself like around that number, whereas Eunice doesn't get enough time in the spotlight at all, and I feel like they kind of gave Melee spotlight to Eunice because Eunice needs not needs it, but it could help. It could help grow that game into something bigger. And yeah. Eunice apparently Eunice is uh, very well received. I literally bought it as soon as it was announced. Oh, really? You didn't own it? I didn't know that at all. Well, I was the, like, the latest update, I mean, the latest update only came out last year. So I think it's riding, it's still riding that wave. And I, it, it was a, it was a good game in its release, which was early last year, I think. Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken. 
Uh, I don't know exactly when it happened. I don't know how months work, obviously. Uh, we know <laughs> that. Do I, don't <laughs> don't <laughs> but, worry, man. I <laughs> but it rode that wave, uh, and it's coming into 2019 strong. It's getting that Evo presence. And I feel like the here's like the, the revolving door that I actually find really refreshing almost is that the the last time that Evo took a chance on an older game, because the original version of that game released... I don't know how many years ago it was. was 2014. It 2014. Yeah. yeah, 2014, 15. So like a long time ago. The last time yeah. that they brought back an old game was Melee. Yeah, and it, you can see that. So the, uh, here's the thing about Melee. Melee, the documentary saved that game, right? It, mm-hmm. it brought, it revived that game. But uh, what Evil did was bolster it. It was, it was like, hey, mm-hmm. this is a legit, like this is a legit game. It's here to stay. It's back and like it's fantastic. And that's what evil's that's what evil did, and I feel like that's what evil's doing for for undernight it's just it's saying yo undernight it's a game that people should really support and honestly it's it's another awesome marketing tactic on their end. It shows that they still care about com- community development mm-hmm. and uh and I'm not gonna lie when i when I hit evil, I literally bought it. I was like, what's the hype about then why did it have why is that evil because like I don't understand why cross tags that evil. I understand why Tekken 7 is that evil. Mm-hmm. Like Mortal Kombat 11, Soul Calibur 6, Samurai Showdown, and Ultimate's that evil. I get that. But why is Undernight that evil? And I'm saying I'm like, you know what? I'm probably I should probably play it before I like talk about it. And yeah, I literally bought the game like within the hour and I'm That's awesome. It's a good game. Yeah, it has a great a tutorial. I'm super for it. I've been saying that for years. It's good. Yeah and and I think, that, like I said, I think they literally did it to to help bolster Undernight's community and legitimize it in a way. Yeah, they're, but not they're that on need the it rise. Anymore. The other thing that I will say, uh, because Melee is is out, uh, I want to bring up a quote from Glenn, a.k.a. the Game 2K, that guy, the stats guy. Hey. Uh, GYT, he, I remember him as you get your tournament guy. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so he made the statement today, uh, or was it yesterday? Anyway, I don't know how time works that melee was at Evo from 2013 to 2018 at most 48 different players could have made top eight. And from his count, only 22 different players had reached top eight in that time frame. That is a very small player pool dominating that game for the better half of a decade or half a decade. I mean, you have like Armada Hungrybox dominating that game for almost 20 years. Like, it's kind of, that's, you know what? That's the thing. That's like, doesn't that get stagnant for somebody? Like as a viewer, like in a way you want consistency, right? That way you can build narratives. It's very easy to market, but if, like if it's that small of a pool, it's kind of like, wow, I can expect this every year, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so of those I, 22 unique players, 13 players made only one top eight appearance. So like you're getting at least nine people who made it every, every year or something like that. I don't know how numbers work or stats, but that just seems quite alarming that it would be so dominated for so long uh, and pretty much uncontested. But 
out with the old and in with the old, as they say. Uh, Absolutely. I love used underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Old old games are like, I don't know. It's like, it's a good thing though. And also it's fucking Evo. These games will be here. If your game isn't promoted at the Evo level, you like you and I are all about just make it a fucking thing. Just bring it and do it. Every, Every year that I've been to Evo, or nearly every year, I should say, I've seen a flyer printed out on an 8x11 taped to some fucking post in the middle of Evo being like, hey, this room of this hotel is where uh, Samurai Showdown 2 tournament is happening. <laughs> like, That's and, awesome. And that's where the Sam Show 2 is. That's how you find where Sam Show 2 is being played. Or like KOF. KOF has a grand finals every every year and you hear it. I know exactly when it is because they're fucking loud and it's awesome. They fucking love their game and they support it. It's great. I know it'll be there. I'm not like second guessing or whether, whether or not KOF is going to be there because I know it will. It's fucking Evo. You can play whatever you want. But here's like, here's the thing. And you and I are, we're kind of cut from the same cloth, but if you want to see a change, then be the change. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. And, uh, and, uh, Look, if you want to see, well, there's a, there's a story. I think it was 2007 evil. Martin just fucked up the entire bracket for like 2006 <sighs> evil. Mm-hmm. I, he was like, whatever happened, happened. <clears throat> so Guilty Gear wasn't a main game anymore in the roster. So in 2007, you know what they did? Oh, they, they brought main, num- main, ro- main roster numbers. They, they banded together. They're like, yo, you know what? We might be a side game due to like one person mess up, but he doesn't represent all of us. Mm-hmm. And so they got together, they ran a tournament. It was fucking huge at the time, like 89 or like 90 people. I think it was 79, actually, 79 people. And at the time, like 2007, that's like really that's huge, huge numbers. Yeah, that's huge. So what happened next year, 2008? Ah, look at this. Guilty Gear, is a, Guilty Gear Accent Chords, a feature game again. Right? So you kind of like, you want to be the change? Uh, so you want to make a change? Be the change. Yeah. And uh, honestly, that that is the case because I feel like they're... Here's... I was going to bring up this gripe earlier, but I'll bring it up now. Is that we say that and we believe it and we act on it. But I feel like that number of people who are willing to go and do and make the best of their scenario and the best for their community, I feel like there's only like, if I were to guess, maybe 200 of those people in the FGC, like total. I feel like that number is not very big. And that's all right. (laughs) That's all right. It just takes one man to make a change. Right. Sure. I just, I guess in my heart of hearts, I just wish it was more. I wish it was more people because you see all of the numbers of people viewing or people arguing about fighting games. You see so many people arguing and spitting such bullshit about fighting games. I guarantee you that they don't even know what the fuck they're talking about and they're arguing about it. I swear to you, it's maddening. But it, it's mad tilting. Uh, it's crazy it, it, it's, when at the same time not. it could be like, well, just, I don't know, just do the. the just enjoy the things that you enjoy. Make it like there's if you don't like five because you liked four, or you don't like four because you liked three or it's not like the alpha series. Just go make your tournaments, run your online tournaments. 
Yeah. Gil stole and my Gil, Gil stole my ride. Had a very long twit longer about like people just not putting in the effort, even though they say outwardly, "Yo, I want to play Street Fighter 4. but they don't. It's all it's all just yeah. It's a bunch of yammering. Yeah, hey man. Four years ago, there's a uh, there's a Street Fighter 4 revival, and uh, I don't see that revival. <laughs> <laughs> Quite frankly, you you don't see it either, man. But it's all good. It's all that's just the way. That's just the way people work sometimes, man. It's uh, feels good to bitch, man. Feels good. But the place you can bitch, though, if you want to bitch and be productive about it, I had. Oh boy, do I have a place for you? Oh um, yeah, it's Bring back it up, again, baby. baby. It's back again. So we've yeah. run uh, on our Street Fighter for uh, since the. It was like only a couple months after Street Fighter Five released. Uh, community feedback threads that are a collection of all of the data that you guys say we want the netcode fixed, we want this, we want XYZ. Uh, we put that into a list. Uh, that list is then voted on, like once it's fully formed by you, the community, uh, and then we send that voted on list to the people at Capcom. Our our people at like Capcom US, and we also spread it on all of social media, all that shit. Uh, in a very like easy to consume form, uh, the people are are the people that we know at Capcom US, and this isn't just like the current people. I'm talking about like historically, like all of the people who've like that's been its own revolving door of <laughs> of people who have been working at Capcom uh, have said that it is it is helpful to them uh, when talking to HQ. Uh, but this is where you want to go if you want to say I want your use crouching medium kick to be better. Yes, I will. I will definitely be there. I definitely <laughs> voted on that. I don't know where it is here, but I definitely. I will, I'm with seven of ten people who, who voted for that. But well, I, I, yeah. I loved. I love what you did with this. Uh, I love what you did with this because it not only shows empirical evidence that there there are like inherently problems mm-hmm. with the game. It, it also shows that. You're involved in the community, and it shows that it's not you complaining. It's got like thousands, thousands of votes here. Yeah, about these complaints. It's thousands and, uh, of people that care, and this is specifically how they care. It's it's a laser that we're. It's not a shotgun. We're not just yelling into the void of Capcom of saying, "Do this." <laughs> yeah, it's not a void of Twitter saying, "Do the thing that I want." No, it's hey, it is specifically this many people, and it is. Let me say this: it is only as useful as however many people we get to engage with it. I'll say I'll say that as well. I mean, you. So when when and so in my, from my marketing experience, when you do a sample size, you usually do it out of a thousand people. You clearly like if I count all these totals up, you have around like around like maybe three thousand ish numbers, or three thousand four thousand ish numbers here, and that's crazy. Like that's crazy. Like it's big. Cap, Capcom gets actual like free sampling from from like from you from ready from your from this great community and they don't even have to pay or outsource to a marketing company to get these results like you guys if, uh. look, if there's one thing fighting game related that we're going to talk about today besides <laughs> the evil lineup everybody should come and really 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 give their feedback here and it's it's one of the best places to give your feedback on because it's laser focused information that 
does directly go to uh, Capcom. And we all know Capcom's terrible, terrible at communicating with the community because there's clearly a thousand eight volts for it. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. And and it's continue. It, it's it's honestly like it's it's an ongoing thing. But that here's my thing a, with this. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead, sir. No, you just say that is a continuing thing. I just think that netcode having been at the top slot since the beginning this is the sixth time that we've done it so if netcode wins again it will tie michael jordan championship wins god damn it'll be the king you didn't take a break you didn't take it like this poll did not take a break we didn't go play baseball for for a season and then come back and run it again (laughs) no we've been playing this game the whole time six seasons straight baby (laughs) six i respect back to back to back (laughs) It is LeBron James of making the finals. <laughs> that is this poll. This poll is the LeBron James of making the finals. And guess what? Every time we send it to HQ, HQ falls on deaf ears. Just like Golden State Warriors stopping out Cleveland. <laughs> anyway. Oh, oh, the NBA. It's kind of fucked oh. up right now, but that's a, oh, yeah. that's, a, that's another story. <laughs> we should definitely have a sports podcast. I love basketball. I can go in depth with it. But uh, so here's the thing. I love this feedback thread. The thing is, my my general feedback for Street Fighter Five in general, and just Street is actually more Street Fighter in general. Is uh, and I think we discussed this like a little bit. We touched base on it, but Street Fighter has uh, has had a hard time finding its identity, and the problem is. Uh, Street Fighter historically has shown that there's a there's an idea that's of Street Fighter that people love and think about, and it stems back, in my opinion. And here's my ridiculous, like long-winded rant. It comes and stems from the base that Street Fighter Two, that is the game that Street Fighter should be continually. It should just be updating and improving on Street Fighters to feel and mechanics. And I say that because Street Fighter Two. It's still the most selling fighting game in Capcom's roster. Street Fighter 2 literally birthed the entire genre, right? Like, without Street Fighter 2, like, we wouldn't have all these deviations of amazing fighting games. Yeah, and not even just Street Fighter, but fight, but fighting games in general. Yeah, like, it's crazy. And the thing is, Third Strike killed it because it didn't play like Street Fighter 2. But what happened when they brought back Street Fighter 4? The one thing Ono mentioned was that he tried to make it play like Street Fighter 2. And it did. It did play like Street Fighter 2. It was very uh, it was very intuitive to play. It was very easy to get into, but they added like that extra layer of depth with the technical abilities of like focus attacks and like all these crazy links and combos. Mm-hmm. But and that played like Street Fighter 2. And then when we see it deviate from Street Fighter 2 again to Street Fighter 5, uh, we get this like polarizing and splintered community. So in my mind, my my feedback and I can't vote on my feedback, but my feedback wouldn't just be for Street Fighter Five. It would be to Capcom to really reassess their uh, their principle on Street Fighter and make it a really focused brand and not have this brand that's very loose, right? I and I think that. I'm with you on that. Uh, I feel like specifically with they could do so much more with characterization of the characters that they've that they've introduced now like i look at other thing and this has nothing to do with gameplay like i i 
I don't know if I necessarily agree with you because I look at some of the stuff in, in Super Turbo and I'm like, yeah, well, there's the damage comes real fast in that game, doesn't it? Oh, it yeah. is. <laughs> oh, yeah. That shit is topsy-turvy, baby. Fucking brutal. But, like, also, Street Fighter V is really fucking brutal. But there's, I don't know, you. that's well, a that's a harder conversation to have, in my opinion. Well, like I said, it doesn't have to be like, like exactly like Street Fighter 2. Right. Street Fighter 4 was trying to be like Street Fighter 2. And it played, like, very, it was a... Clearly, it, it, like it brought us together, and it's um, it's just a fun game, but uh, a more fun product to me. And uh, I feel like if if Street Fighter, like Capcom, focused their brand a little more, we wouldn't have this polarizing community. Here's right? here's my opinion on that, and this is a, I actually feel like this is a controversial opinion. Is That's cool. That Hot takes are the best. I don't think, I don't think the game has to play well at all. I think Street Fighter Five in the current form or whatever it is could be. It could just be the same game. Maybe the net could improve. But this whole game, like, keep everything the same. I don't think it matters. Like Street Fighter Six comes out, it's just the same Street Fighter Five, right? But okay. here's the difference. Here's the way that it's pitched. That's differently. Uh, that that's done different because I think it's the delivery of of fighting games is still this old style of like, here's a little bit of, here's your character intro and then the other character intro and then you fight and then it's over. Or even like when they introduced like Kage, for example, you saw, <laughs> that, was, that was a marketing mess, man. As man. a guy, like I, it hurt on, it hurt on multiple <laughs> levels for me. It hurt on like a street fighter level. It hurt on like an FTC level and it hurt on the marketing level for me. I'm like, Damn, someone should get fired. <laughs> so, like, that that is what it is. Like, and you'll have mishaps like that, and that's fine. But the my big issue with that is that the, the Kage reveal trailer, it showed me as a fighting game player maybe what Kage can do, but me as someone who doesn't really know, like... Joe Schmo out there who doesn't know anything about fighting games just might watch that trailer and go, yeah, I don't know what any of this fucking shit means or is. Like, what the fuck is Akage? Like, I have no idea. I, I saw that he was angry and he kind of looks like Ryu. So is this... I saw this from, like, very brand new players who came, who saw that trailer, watched Capcom Cup, showed up uh, on our Street Fighter and were like, so Akage is like Ryu, right? And I mean, he's a fighting game, but I'm like, well, no, he plays totally different. But also, like you, the like the way that the characterization of this character was pitched, there's nothing about him except for he's an angry man with a with the horns and some teeth. But like, you need to see a dentist. He definitely does. You look at you look at what <laughs> I look at what other games are doing. I look at an Overwatch, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've ne- I've never really played Overwatch. I haven't played Overwatch, but I've watched some of those character trailers, and there's a lot of characterization there. It's stuff. It's whenever they show off a character for Overwatch, it has dick all to do with gameplay, and people relate to that more. They go, "Oh, I see what this character is up to in their free time," and that is interesting to me. Like. Show me what G is up to in his... Like, what the fuck is Falk doing on a Wednesday? 
Nobody fucking knows. She just has is walking around with a staff and a weird tilty hat with with some mint lipstick on. And it's like, what what even is this character? What does she do? Who the fuck is Ed? It doesn't matter. I have no idea. I have no characterization of these characters, even in their story modes, because it's like it comes across in those just pictures. It's like, okay, this is kind of like a comic. Um, who is Sagat? I don't know. Like he has a tiger friend and then he has that weird acid trip in, in the middle of his story. What the fuck is this shit? And, and, <laughs> and none of it is relatable. None of it no. is, is such a way that someone sees that and goes, Oh damn, that is something that stands out about that character that I remember in my brain. Uh, because it is so unique and, and I'm drawn to it because I would argue that is exactly what street fighter two did. There are yeah. so many iconic mo- people say, Oh, yo, did you see the, the army man with the hair that's flat on top? Did you see that yeah. man? That dude's awesome. Did you see that guy who could throw a fireball? And like, that yeah. was the peak of characterization where it's like, in fighting games where it's like this character did a thing that Dalsim, he has a stretchy arm. What the Whoa. fuck is that about? That's bananas. Yeah, like, you, you, you brought up a point that uh, I feel I, I completely agree on. And that is there's a lot more story building in other franchises outside of uh, not only street fighter, but a lot all of fighting fight. games. It's all of fighting games. My yeah, and, and, and the thing is, is I feel like, uh, they a lot of people don't understand how story building can affect a game and mm-hmm. i don't know if you know this but a lot of people a lot of tech companies they they have a principle it's 50 percent of the product and 50 percent marketing and story building is part of uh, marketing story building is part of trying to create a connection with you and your brand and your and your characters in your brand and your in your game and unfortunately yeah, we are fighting games are lacking behind. Like, if if if, if I did, and that's the thing. Like in Street Fighter Two and Street Fighter, even Street Fighter Four, we related to these characters because of the way they played. It was uh, it was kind of true to each person's different personality. Like Ryu was a little more controlled, a little more methodical. Adon was a little more wild, and you can kind of see that from like just a little tidbit. But they can do a better job. They can they can go into like a uh, deeper and well-built storyline and i feel like a lot of western developers they understand that mm-hmm. they really do whereas like uh where i feel like capcom is extremely lacking in it i feel like well, even, even is, tekken yeah oh no tekken's a big mess man tekken's a huge mess but you know who does this really well is mk but this is Street Fire podcast. We gotta move on beyond that. No, that's true. <laughs> or the only other game that does that has ten seasons of a TV show that back it. So <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like like that. It, it it it's very frustrating because you see like the let's face it, the age of gamers are getting old. Like gaming is a little more normalized now. Yeah. So professionals who understand like. Professionals who understand marketing, professionals who understand psychology, professionals who understand uh, storytelling and uh, building building a brand and building a character. There are gamers too now, and they're, they're starting to see that. They're starting to get frustrated. Everybody's starting to get frust- a little frustrated. And unfortunately, if Capcom doesn't move forward, I feel like our fighting game scene is not going to get any bigger. Because let's face it, people who play Overwatch, they don't really just play Overwatch. They're invested to 
the characters. And that's yeah. why all these other esports, they're, they're, they're huge. They're big because all these amazing characters are, are, are being fleshed out. Like, I want to know what, like, does Ryu even crack jokes? I've never seen Ryu crack a joke, bro. <laughs> like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is crazy. Like, is there any personality to these characters? And, and people who play fighting games are extremely dedicated. Like, I played it for like 12, 12 13 years now. Like, I still don't understand, like, how my character's personality will be, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't know, like, what he likes to eat and stuff like that. Like, maybe I, maybe if I was a little more invested in my character outside of just the game itself, maybe Street Fighter Five will be a little bigger. Maybe, I've, maybe I our like community along, will be a little bigger. Along with that, I'm in total agreement because I, I feel like a good example of that is that I almost feel like no one who plays Alex in street fighter five uh was only introduced to alex in street fighter five because i think of street fighter three alex and i'm like he's standing chest to chest with who with hugo they do the bump yeah. and they i'm like bump. yo that's alex. Like hogan baby yeah, yeah. Like, he's crazy that's alex but in street fighter five alex all he does in the story mode is tries to fight dalsim because he thinks he's a mugger because his truck's broken down that's the only characterization they have. They don't have like the the Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant like tie in their brain of what those characters like are. They don't none of that characterization what is Alex for these younger players. All they yeah. see is the guy who's like kind of did a racist thing in the middle of New York for no fucking reason at all in the story Look, mode. Like that's got, what got, they got. I got two points here. One, I do miss character intros cuz and Capcom used to do that. They and that yeah. that that's a small thing, but that that creates a big effect on me. Like when Ryu and Ken do a fist bump at the beginning of the round. Yeah, I know they're friends, right? Or when uh, or even in Alpha Three, when when Ken's giving him the nuggie, I know that Ken's like the the Joker of the relationship, you know, between those in that friendship. And two, Alex players are all mongrels, man. They just play for the highlights. <laughs> like that's all I know about Alex now. In my like Alex is not the the Hulk Hogan tribute that that I love and romanticize. Alex now is that racist fuck who chased down Dalsum <laughs> and likes to get like V trigger highlight reels and makes memes. That's what I think of Alex now. That shouldn't be the case. It should be consistent. It should be like Hulk Hogan, Hulk, yeah, the young Hulk Hogan or something like a Hulk Hogan tribute. Yeah. It shouldn't be like a racist fuck. Who likes highlight reels? <laughs> Honestly, the most characterization that Capcom ever d- did for Alex was Demon Dan's Twitter account. <laughs> Demon Dan's Twitter account. Honestly, that's the most characterization Alex. of Alex you'll get is Demon Dan's Twitter account. That's, that's all it is. Yo, you know what cheeses me? Does Nikali speak English? He doesn't speak English in the story mode. Uh, he says devour. I think. The- I literally heard him like make muffled sounds. Like I've, I've, I've seen dead people have better character than the Kali. That that's accurate. That's actually accurate. Um, and now that we're getting onto characterization, I have to bring up this one thing because I don't think I've said it into this microphone before. Uh, but Kage, uh, <laughs> because I play the game with the music off. By the way. I will say Street Fighter Five. We've never had a complaint about the music. The music it actually fucked. The soundtrack rips. Street Fighter music has ripped for centuries. It is always so good. Oh, yeah. uh, but I, I turn that stuff off for the tournaments because we have our own music because it won't get content ID. Anyway, not important. 
But what that means is that I get to, I hear the isolation of all of the characters and the sounds that they make. And Kage in particular, everything that he does and says sounds like he's yelling it into one of those like silly wavy tubes that you, you twirl around and go, Whoo. You know what I'm talking about? The, like the crinkly one that you yell into and it's like, I'm yelling it. It sounds like all fucked up. Like it's, it's bad. It's not. I'm a, so mad at you. I'm so evil. I'm mad at I don't have one here to like make a good example of it. Uh, I should do that for the next tournament. Actually. Now that I think about it. I'll do a Kage only tournament. Mm, maybe I shouldn't say this into a microphone, but I will anyway. <laughs> no one will steal it before next Monday. Uh, I'll no, do a Kage only tournament and commentate it from just only yelling into one of those those silly wavy tubes. Um, that's what I'll do for sure. Oh, uh, you know what? I have an amazing idea to help your Kage idea. I have Vuvuzelas in the background. That's not that's <laughs> not inaccurate. That's not inaccurate to to the the that plastic sound of of the way that it oh it's bad it's just bad oh, it's, oh yeah no anyway i, I can't listen <laughs> anyway that's that's enough rip because again i will say the music fantastic fantastic it's so the good. best it's ever been kage's theme it fucking rips i think it's oh, good. absolutely i think it's a good theme he sounds though not so much but anyway folks go and vote on well actually just pitch your ideas in the thread it'll be linked in the comments um uh, and vote man vote if you if you yes. see a comment that you know that you agree with fucking vote for that shit man mm-hmm. everybody's a little like everybody it's five years of this shit everybody's a little like fed up vote be the change <laughs> speaking of being the change i want to point to someone who is or has been the change i think for the fighting game community for a while uh, I love. I've loved his work. I think the man does a great job. But High Fight uh, has done what what he calls the local warriors recap. He's on number six right now. Uh, but the thing That's about him mm-hmm. uh, is that they what he does is he looks through a whole bunch of locals from all over the world. Uh, this isn't just located where he is. It's not just America. It's places that you probably don't speak the language of. I guarantee it because it's literally all over the world. Uh, goes through, takes the the grand finals, and he'll just he'll show some highlights from that, uh, and he'll just say, "Hey, here's what this community is doing," and I fucking love it. I love it. I love seeing <clears throat> communities being like like killers from these communities. You look at Japan, and it's like, "Yo, uh, fucking." this fighting game God just got trounced by this guy that only shows up to locals. Like that's yeah, awesome. And that's fucking awesome. That's dope. Uh, and it's I, cool that he's, he's pointing this stuff out because like, I don't know. That's the, the man, the man might have like gotten his, his fame from posting like from tournaments and highlights like that. He was really quick about it. And it was just like these, 30 second max clips from tournaments and it's like these quick hits and it's like, yo, here's like the hot shit. Uh, but he's looking into this stuff and just highlighting communities. And I think that there's so much value in it. Uh, even as someone who just wants to be, I don't know. I want to be cognizant of what's going on around the world. Uh, or I see what's going on in the the rest of America even. And I go, Oh, I know that guy. I know that guy from oh, yeah. the tournament. <laughs> like, he makes it easy. He makes it easy to 
to follow the yes. world. And sometimes you never know, like Joe Schmo in, uh, I don't know, Uganda is a god at Street Fighter. And you, you don't know that. And, you, and what he's doing is overall a great thing. Now, here's a, here's a controversial take mm-hmm. that I have. Um, and unfortunately, I don't want to bring his work down because I absolutely love it. I watch it every single time because I think it's amazing. Uh, and he does an amazing job at keep, like bringing content on, especially for the community, which is a great thing. But do you think that him uh, being able to like take these 30-second bits is stealing content from uh, the person who provides it? I typically would say yes to this in that uh, just taking what people make, uh, the stream ripping is a huge deal, uh, in terms of, uh, the people who providing the stream don't get the engagement. They don't get the numbers from all that stuff. Uh, they don't see that. They can't then turn that into potential sponsorships for the next time they run a tournament that could be harmful. What I'll say about high fight though, he asks every community that he talks to. Everything that he pulls from, he asks he asks permission for. Uh, and I know that because he's come to me and asked permission. And I say, oh, fucking course you can. <laughs> then, he's, then he's a good human being. He's a I, know a lot of people, I know a lot of people who wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I don't, and I'm not going to name any names, but you already know. Don't make else. any excuses about what, <laughs> what it, channel you're talking about. All it takes, guys, is literally one email, one DM. Just got to hustle, baby. That's all I got to say. You got to hustle. Yoga Flame 24, you got to hustle. <laughs> Mr. Zeus, you got to hustle. Because, uh, like, and honestly, because it's hard to get that stuff out produced in the way that you want to produce it immediately following a stream. Like, you're focused on, like, packing shit up. Like, you're at the venue. Like, you're doing other shit. Uh, you're not focused on cutting videos. Uh, some teams have gotten better about it and, and devoted a team to that. But at the same time, you're, you're like paying someone else to do that shit when you could do it like the next day. Whereas the content gets ripped immediately. It's up there like right that second. And I think I've talked about this for maybe like three weeks in a row, but like this is kind of on us as well of recognizing, no, this was not provided by the person who provided the original content. Uh, I shouldn't share this. I shouldn't watch this. I'll, I'll wait until it's out. Uh, that's, that's kind of us on us to self police, even though it can oftentimes get out of hand, but no high fight. He's a real one. He's a real one for sure. Oh yeah. He's a, I love what he does by the way. Final line, I love that guy. Don't <laughs> don't get it don't get it twisted. High fight, don't get it fucking twisted, bro. I love your work. You were just I'm playing just, devil's advocate for like a minute. For two seconds. <laughs> Those words came out of my mouth and I already felt guilty. Because I know he asked. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a good dude. He does it the right way. Um, but I think that that I think that'll wrap it up in terms of, of topics unless there's anything else out there that, that is that is on your mind in terms of the FGC. Hmm. Uh I mean, there's a lot of great designers in the FGC that mm-hmm. often uh often don't uh, don't get their credit. I feel it's something that kinda needs to be brought up because 
a good graph designer can make your event that might have 30 people look like there's 60 people there that it looks like people want to invest in because I, th- I feel like a lot of the people in the FGC, they, they don't understand now that I'm on, now that I'm on the other side of event running and organizing, they don't understand how like the business side stuff works. And I'm fortunate enough to uh, have my own business and understand I actually have multiple businesses and understand how me as a businessman, how I would want to invest my dollars. And uh, I hope that the FGC one day is a little more friendlier to non-endemic sponsors. And non-endemic, uh, for people who don't know, means people who who aren't organically associated with with uh, a, a certain topic at hand. In this context, it's the FGC. Mm-hmm. Hope uh, I hope that a lot of the FGC people understand that you need to have a great-looking event or an event that hits numbers in order to get these sponsors and these sponsors will give you the more opportunities to grow your, uh, your scene, your local scene, your game. And I hope, and we shouldn't, we should really stop trying to shit on uh, non-endemic sponsors. And we should really try to be a little more open-minded and see how they do because uh, there's a lot of sponsors that want to grow with us like Red Bull does, mm-hmm. but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a problem. Another one I want to pull out. Yeah, Geico is another one. Geico, how the fuck are they related to the FGC? But hey, t- you give them just be a little more friendlier. Because I know that we're we're a little burnt by like a bunch of terrible sponsors or like people who don't really understand the FGC. But uh, it, it takes time. Like every every community, every gaming community goes through that. So I just want, I just hope that the FGC maybe smartens up a little bit because it's a catch twenty two. You complain about having like a small pot or not being able to like live live off like playing this game and being the best at it, but you also shit on people who wanna funnel money into it and create an ad space so that they can mutually benefit your community by creating an ad space and create another stream of revenue for themselves. It's kinda like they're not doing it just to like steal money from you because most monsters don't ask for money back at all. Hence sponsorship in nature so right. i hope that you see kind of kind of cools off on that and it ties into design aesthetics it's, it, it, as a graph designer in the scene uh you know you pay for sometimes you, you have to pay for people to do great work for them like you, we're not on that ms paint shit anymore yeah if you want and, it to look good pay the person who did it and trust their opinion sometimes yeah or a lot of times sometimes most, yeah. depending on the <laughs> Depending on the person, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's. I think that's 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 all I have to say about anything else related to that you see. No, I'm, that's been a gripe on my mind for a long time. No, I'm I'm for it because I got I understood the whole backlash, and I still understand it. The backlash against we don't want to be esports because the connotation to that is that there's a lot of companies who were looking to swoop in, invest, and get the fuck out and not care. Like, that continues to happen. That is still very true. Yeah. What we're talking about is somewhat different. We're talking about making sure that we have our shit on lock enough to go to, like, actual big names. Go to, like, a fucking Geico and say, hey, car insurance company, insurance company, uh, would you sponsor this tournament series and then be like, well, actually, yeah, what you've shown here is pretty good. 
Uh, yeah. I'm okay. You can show me that you can tell a storyline with people and characters. Uh, you can show me that you can produce good work here. It it looks good. It's got that panache to it that I like. Uh, and that could bring in that type of sponsor who can see the value in us and invest in that and just let us do what we want to do still and not say you have to do it this way or you have to have this xyz about you know with the event because that's what we're about it's like no this they'll work with us if we if we do if we like put in some fucking effort so here's the thing uh to bring up uh, another point people don't understand nobody has an idea what esports actually is right is it and a lot of times it just comes down to esports is uh it's just a tournament with the production value to it esports want like sponsors and corporations want personalities and the fgc is holding itself back by being uh by being married to the idea that esports means we have to give up or we have to compromise no you don't have to compromise they they like the drama they like like i've spoken with many sponsors they like the personalities they like seeing people pop off. They like seeing emotions. They like seeing uh, action, right? And the FGC is the best community, absolutely the best community when you want to see, like, personalities flare up. And uh, they like that. And they like the storylines that we have. They don't want to take that away. All they want to do is be able to use it as an ad space where they can pay you and then they can create uh, more... Resi- res- uh, residual money. W- what I mean by residual money is that they're not expecting you to pay them directly, right? They just want you. They just want to be in the back of your mind when you need car insurance. You go to Geico first. That's it. So then, when you do need car insurance, you go to Geico, or when you do need a drink at night, go to Red Bull. Like the people have to kind of stop being married to the idea that esports means being compromised. You don't. No, you don't have to be compromised. I'm wilding out on TV, like every other week being myself i'm i'm a, I'm a psychopath so it's like it was kind of like and i'm a like by i'm a hype man i get loud i get excited i get energetic they want that they like that and that's people gotta stop being married to the idea that like ah fuck they gotta compromise myself i was like no don't be a dick don't don't be homophobic don't be don't be disrespectful of people but be yourself yeah, don't <laughs> don't be a gross human being. Uh, it, it turns out if you have like a little bit of empathy and understand how like people work, you can you can do a pretty good fucking job. Don't say yeah. racial slurs into a microphone. Maybe don't don't yeah don't. That's it. Like that's that's just being respectful. That's just being a decent human being. Like that's all. Don't that's keep those want. in your normal vernacular when you're not in front of a microphone, and maybe it yeah. won't slip out. Perhaps. Don't say the N word when you get Twitch famous. Why does so? Here's another uh, like off record, like not off record, but off <laughs> not off record because I'm keeping in the show because I know where you're headed here. Oh, absolutely. Why does every Twitch streamer have to say the N word when they get famous? It's like a recurring thing. Specifically, like, like <laughs> I have very a popular theory. white man says racial slur into microphone, apologizes and gains X number more fans. <laughs> See, that's that's my theory. Fucking it's, a, it's a strategic racial slur, no. not to show that they're racist, but to create controversy. Because bl- publicity, any publicity is good publicity, uh, apparently. 
Uh, I both agree with that and disagree with it. Like I, no, I, get I disagree it. with you. Contrary. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, that's no. what I'm saying. We know, like you and I both understand how how marketing sadly works, and sometimes people have to cross the line to get noticed. Shouts to Juicy Smollett or Jesse, whatever. Empire is going down, baby. <laughs> God damn. Uh, but no positive note though. A positive note though is that. I feel like communities are realizing that more and more uh, and getting people in line. I think not like it's just in line that like, it's okay to talk to people. It's okay to bring this stuff in. It's okay to grow the community. I am super okay with the, the people who enjoy fighting games in the future to like outnumber the people who currently enjoy it. Uh, which means that it would be a whole new like brand new skin let's get it off out with the dead like let's get some whole new people who don't understand what a frame trap is to get and enjoy the community because i look at like overwatch numbers and it's like blowing maybe not overwatch but whatever the fucking like Fortnite numbers or whatever the big thing is apex legends or whatever you see all those numbers cast a fucking shadow on fighting games not it's not even close imagine if we had like that kind of number even half of that number in fighting oh, games week to week every week that's a whole uh, that's a whole new community that's a whole new like that that's a whole new market that's not a market that we've tapped into no well i i agree and uh it comes down to a lot of factors mm-hmm. but i think we've i think we brushed over them especially with the characterization that like story building Getting people like getting getting the cosplayer to cosplay Laura because she she relates to Laura on a personal level, mm-hmm. right? Or getting the cosplayer to cosplay Ryu because he he loves Ryu's moral and moral values. I'm trying to avoid that joke. <laughs> moral I, values I, I, as I, a person. I find value in in uh, sponsoring cosplayers. I've almost considered it for like runs of geese gym just having like a cosplayer go to an event sponsor them to go there dress up as whoever the fuck and then i don't know just part of this plan was to also have business cards that would have like the the guides information but also like their stuff as well so it's kind of like cross promo but nice i don't know because like i think that teams need to do this more and more and I think that we've seen teams kind of dabble in this is match up cosplayers with the players that you sponsor who play the character that that person cosplays. Yeah. And then send them out like Undertaker, Paul Bear style, where hey. the cosplayer comes out and it's like, kind of like how CEO d- did it, you know? Like, yeah. like Knuckle Dew comes, da- comes out and he's got Roman over there dressed up as Armika. And yeah. that shit fucking tracks. She hit that guy with a chair. Again, I will say she could have hit that guy harder. She, I know she's got the muscle to to back it. She could have actually, she could have gone hard way on that guy and it would have been all right. Could have made mean, that guy wear the crimson mask. It'd have been all right. I, I, you know what? That chair hit. I'm a fan of wrestling too. And that chair <laughs> hit was, uh, it hit the right spot. Obviously you're not supposed to hit person in the head but the back is where you would try to hit him and she did she did great she hit him in the back uh that man definitely tried to no sell it so uh fuck that guy <laughs> definitely was no sold it but 
<laughs> I don't know. I, I think that there is room specifically in the FGC for like, here's my handler. Like, talk to my handler. That would be kind of cool. Like, uh, <laughs> hey, my Paul Heyman or... Yeah. Uh, I'm Brock, but you know, here's the thing. Actually, I'm I'm sorry to like it's it. This is a related point to fighting games, but I think we have to be openly accepting of creating an ecosystem for ourselves. And what I mean by that is, uh, we we shouldn't shun away from people who love fighting games that don't play. We shouldn't shun away that streamer who's not competitive just because he doesn't go to tournaments. But that person might like 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 love fighting games. Like, why is Max the most successful? Uh, successful fighting game YouTuber, right? Why does he have God numbers that are similar? He loves, he loves one, he loves fighting games. You can see it. Two, that that passion is real. Three, he's relatable, right? And it's people like that we need more of. Uh, we shouldn't shun, but we shouldn't also encourage it. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be like, this guy doesn't fuck with our community. So why, like, he doesn't go to tournaments with me. He doesn't like eat bread with me. Why do I care? Like, you, you should care because he might bring in people who, who you never met, who known of, and you never know. Yeah, you never, you never know. He might like, only who, be one or two steps away from making your event better, even if it wasn't directly. But it's we're a, we're a community, guys. We call ourselves a community for a fucking reason. But I'm in agreement. We need to be supportive of of anyone who's doing anything, honestly, to further yeah. the community. It's and it, yeah. I because I've seen people say that over and over again. Even yeah, from top players saying, I want to grow the community. But then the first chance that they get to like trash on someone or or just really make a mockery of things. And that's kind of what it turns into sometimes. And I'm like, fucking no, that doesn't actually help. It doesn't help anything like yeah. actually and, and, grow the community here. And and that's creating an ecosystem, right? Like you yeah. get you get an entry point. To bring into your uh, your community. And so you create that entry point and then it, it cycles and it keeps cycling and cycling. And then that person goes back, sits down and gets to consume more content mm-hmm. about fighting games. And then gets to, gets to go around, goes to maybe the local, goes to bigger events and just gets to show their love. And we should never uh, shy or turn away people who, who love fighting games, even if they're like temporarily doing it. They, doesn't mean that they don't love fighting games they might not have the time to to like go out to every tournament they might not have the time to talk about or play competitively but they love they love maybe they love the design of ryu maybe they love uh the memories that street fighter or any fighting game brought to them when they were younger and that that's uh it's a it's another issue i have but it's something that uh, i think we can all reflect on <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah no, i'm for it and I think that that's a that's a good positive note to to probably end on, and go into the final segments of the show. I cannot let you leave without asking you the question that I ask every new guest. Uh, it's a question that I feel like can reveal a lot about someone's personal character. I think it speaks to who they are as a person, okay, and how they answer this question. But it's a two part question. Cool. Uh, part one is what is your favorite normal attack in any fighting game? Okay. Uh, man. So in terms of aesthetic, Ryu stand hard punch or his sweep. Those are, that's my favorite. And uh, his far stand hard punch. Cause it looks like he's gonna, he gives it like a, a really mean right hook 
Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of stuff across, that they do. It's like, and it comes across, and it does mad damage. So it's, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. But my favorite normal attack in any fighting game to use is uh, is Ryu's or Chun Li's crouching meme kick uh, in any other game but five. And the reason is is because it's uh, such a great poking tool, man. I love yeah. that tool. Utility. A lot. You're not the first person to to like it for its utility. Uh, Chun Li's, especially in Third Strike, is just. <laughs> oof. It broke so the game. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, it kind of, it honestly did. Uh, but yeah, Ryu's sweep too. It's it's like that iconic sweep. I see it in my head. I know exactly what it looks like. Sweep the leg, Johnny. Sweep the leg. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, no, it's a good move. I like I like how you had a, this is for aesthetics. This is for, for game. Uh, yeah. I'm for it. Part two of the question, though, is what is your favorite combo in any fighting game? Ooh, that's tough. I, I think I have like a few combos that I like, but you can kind of see a pattern there. Uh, I love, love Magneto's ROM combo, especially MVC2. I love when people, I love hearing when people do it. That rhythm is like, it's so relaxing. It makes my, my back tingle uh, when I hear people like do the ROM and like I get to physically hear it. And break, down, it and, and just, break down the ROM combo for people who might not know. So the ROM combo is a Magneto combo in Marvel versus Capcom 2 where he, I believe, goes tri-dash. Like he does a tri-dash low, then he launches him in the air, and then all he does is he he air-dashes low, uh, air-dashes down, light kick, up, light kick, down, light kick, and it's like it's it's like a really amazing rhythm to hear. Mm-hmm. That, that game has good rhythm, good cadence to the to the button, and the the loops in that game in particular are are good to hear. I like the cadence to it. I'm for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I, I want an ASMR channel of just like yipes doing the ROM. <laughs> like I try. I tweeted at the dude before, and he liked it, but I don't like. He probably thinks I'm a fucking weirdo. But like it's it's just an amazing sound, dude. Like just a silent a silent room, and just hearing uh, him just hit hit the fucking ROM and just going up and down. And I want him to like really start off the video too going, yo, this is Yipes. This is a ROM combo. ASMR. And he just does all that. That'd be fucking amazing. But that's my fucking fantasies. Uh, the other combo is uh, I really like the hit stun decay combo in M- MVCI. And I know that game looks fucking ugly. And I know that the hit stun decay combo was broken. But man, was it hype. Like yeah. every hit stun decay combo, I was like, it, it broke my mind because like, the, the the intricacy for them to break and avoid the hit stun decay because uh, you also within your scene had some UMVC I had some good players within your community if I'm not mistaken oh yeah we had a we had Timo, Timo man right the greatest Canadian that was the by the way that's like the greatest Canadian heritage moment ever Timo winning <laughs> Canada Cup but yeah man he yeah when he did those HSDs I that room popped like that room popped as if he was like GSP like that. I've never seen everybody, every Canadian stop what they were doing and watch Timo try to beat up Richard win. It was awesome. But yeah, he the, when he hits the hit stun decay combo, that shit is so hype. Mm-hmm. Man, that and, game, uh, that game, man, that game. It's a, it's like when I think of Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, I think of uh, the change from going from Ryu's crouching meme kick in Street Fighter 4 to Ryu's crouching meme kick in Street Fighter 5. It's just fucking with. 
<laughs> and that's that's unfortunately a wolf on Capcom. That's a th- accurate statement. Uh, that's an accurate statement. I know okay. I've said this before, but I don't think I've told it to you. Mm-hmm. But in my in my grocery store, not the good grocery store that we go to, but the bad one around the corner. I don't oh, know damn. if anyone else has like that bad grocery store that they go like they know in their mind like it's convenient, but it's not the good one. Uh, the produce is sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's never you don't want to get your produce from from that one. Like I I don't. But regardless, in that one they have a video game rental machine, kind of like your red box, but for video games. And every so often when I walk by it, it's the original trailer for the. <laughs> Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, and it's oh, that no. Chun, it's that Chun Li face looking up, oh, and I'm like oh, every time I just I walk out of that being like ah of course this would be in the bad <laughs> in the bad <laughs> grocery store, and folks that's how you know you went to a great or shitty grocery store. <laughs> you never know it's 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 a toss up there you know, you never know who you're gonna meet inside that bad grocery store. It's uh, uh, you can say it's a fifty-fifty. Well, indeed, that game was fucking tricky, man. Like that, that's the like it played. That game was fun. <laughs> oh, that game was so fun! I loved it. Uh, it was actually fun. Yeah, I I loved it, but not enough to keep it alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In all honesty, that's that's the the set. I only have enough energy to keep an, <laughs> a couple games alive, and I don't didn't have time for that one. But doesn't mean that there's some there's someone out there who shouldn't make the time for it. If you like that game, hell yeah, pitch it, bring it to Evo, put it yeah, on, fun. like make your own stage, do it. I know that there will be the one there for Street Fighter Four. Why not? Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Why not 2? There's room yeah. for all of those games. Absolutely. Why not X-Men vs. Street Fighter? Oh, man. <laughs> people like that game. I don't know why. I don't know why people like Like, I get it. It's, bro- it's broken. Dude. It's broken. It, but there's an argument to be made that broken fighting games are actually super fun. Like, I'm, I, on, I'm on that side of the argument. Okay, <laughs> good. Because, like, I, I have been... I think that Street Fighter 5 is probably the most balanced Street Fighter game in history. And it's boring. To a fault. No offense. To a fault. To a fault. To a fault. To a fault. Uh, I want, I, oh. Give me that broken shit, man. Give it to yeah, me. Yeah, it, it actually inherently creates an underdog story, actually. Yeah. Uh, and that's a built-in narrative. And uh, we were talking about trying, making some, like, story building, making a relatable product. Having characters that are slightly better than, or not slightly, better than others creates that storyline. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it's that that's, uphill uh, battle. It's that uh, like it's that Rocky movie. Everybody Alex, loves Rocky. Alex bro. Valle, Hugo versus Bonchan Sagat. Oh man, that's not Ooh. a winnable. That's not a winnable matchup. But Alex Valle won. <laughs> Fuck, dude, that's a story. That that's a, that, that that was one match in Evo pools fucking years ago. It was. And we in, talk about it now. It was in pools. <laughs> Like, it wasn't a big match. <laughs> it was a pool. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, folks, uh, that'll be a show. Uh, I know we might have done a little excessive dunking on Street Fighter Five in this episode, but to that, I will say that I like that game. Uh, I think that that game is worth supporting. I think the communities that surround that game are worth supporting. Absolutely. Uh, if, if you see someone loving on it, love on them with it. Help them love it. Uh, if you can help them push their community and push what they want to do with it, fucking go in. 
we got to help each other on this. The rising nice. tide raises all boats and we drown it out here. So yep. that, <laughs> that is, that is where I will, I will land on that one because we uh, might've gone a little, little hard, a little hard in the paint. Oh, we definitely went hard in the paint like Waka Flock <laughs> all day. <laughs> all right, man. Well, Drew, it has been a pleasure getting to talk to you for um, about uh, closing in on two hours now. Uh, but thank you for taking the time and joining us on this episode of RSF Radio. Where can people find you on the Internet? Man, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's uh, at DrewFace underscore. But most more importantly, you can find my community initiatives uh, at Incendium, uh, Incendium underscore GG on Twitter or Incendium Gaming on Twitch. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you can definitely check out my clothing line too. Uh, it's another endeavor of mine that's FGC related or was at the 50x50. And that's for everything. That's the 50x50.com. Hey, you bringing that tiger shirt back? People have been asking me, and uh, I don't think I will. <laughs> that shirt is exclusive, a hot exclusive on the Tiger shirt. Damn. Damn. Yeah, man. That it was a that was a hot commodity. That actually sold really slow, but when people started wearing it and it got more public, when people saw it with their eyes and they go, "Ooh, damn!" Actually, I think good. That. Yeah. <laughs> nah awesome uh well all right man uh i will let you go again you can find me at super joe monday on twitter.com or at reddit sf or go on to our street fighter find me you joe user joe underscore monday uh look for the tournaments that we run on mondays and fridays but not this friday as of this week of the podcast uh which will be uh, march 1st actually I had to look at a calendar to see if we were still in February or not by Friday, but we're not doing the West coast on Friday because the street fighter league will be this Friday. That's this week. That's this weekend. Check it out. <laughs> the, uh, the online tournaments start, uh, for the West coast tournament. It, yeah. It's West coast on Friday. And then their East coast online is Saturday. I believe is the schedule. So compete in that sign up for that. Do it. I don't know how they're fucking running their shit because they haven't announced anything. They act, man, they haven't done a follow up yet. Do they have a Discord out? Oh fuck. It's Hey man, I'm Canadian. It doesn't apply to me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because again, it's USA Street Fighter League. Yes. Not yes. NA Street Fighter League, as everyone continues to report. Event Hubs wrote not they wrote Oh man, when they announced it, they were like, it's the NA Street Fighter League. And I know immediately Michael Martin was like, no, guys, it's just for the US. And then like weeks later when they when they did this post for the online tournaments, again, Event Hubs was like, Street Fighter League, North America. And he had, no, again, you guys, they can't enter. Man, we are Mexico North, man. We are not uh we are not Canada to no, to Capcom. We are just Mexico. <laughs> unfortunate uh the funniest the funniest shit to me was the day that the that the rules were posted i had read them earlier that day i had made a post in our street fighter but on twitter i saw brutus posting hey the grid is you can't 
you can't play on the grid that's against the rules uh and as a tournament organizer i was like of course the one person who can't enter the tournament is the one person who actually reads the rules <laughs> sadly jesus sadly. fucking christ you guys poor, poor that 12 year old man he see he has his head on his shoulders he knows he reads the rules and he's like what the hell is going on guys yeah that kid obeys the laws trust me uh <laughs> he's a good kid i promise he's you. a great dude i love that dude <laughs> uh but no I, they did change that rule because it, it was one of those things i brought it up week after week right and it, this has been a rule in the online cpt for some fucking reason that the the grid was a banned stage because they just mirror the rules for the cpt so oh yeah it's banned but no one actually looked at it in an online sense until Michael Martin was like, oh, oh, shit. Yeah, we should we should change that. Uh, and then they did. And now you can choose the grid. In fact, I encourage it. Anyway, folks, that's a show. I really do have to end this podcast and let you go. <laughs> uh, this, hopefully you've enjoyed this week's episode of RSF Radio. Join us next week on another edition of RSF Radio. But until then, folks, please take care. <laughs> <laughs> Gratata. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. This is uh, this uh, is really fun. <laughs> this is a really fun. We could have gone for four hours if we just if we talked about anything. <laughs> oh man, that was yo, that's crazy. My bad, man.